Hello, this is Daniel Leon with I'm trying to remember what podcast is called. Um Wrestling Ratings Podcast. I'm supposed to try to be getting help with this from community, but I don't know I don't I don't know why but I haven't gotten a response yet from them, so and erase an email list sent. So I'm just gonna be continue doing what I did last time. Okay. Last time I spoke about this, I was talking about WWE, the first ever tables, ladders, and chairs pay per view. And I remember being amazed at how, um, the one. One. The first scene, I think, or the first match, there was like. I think this was like the fourth or fifth um, spot in the match that um, that I think people pay attention to the most is when they do this big um, stand off the top of the ladder and I remember being amazed at how when you look at the replay of the first match I remember, um, trying to, oh yeah, we're just looking at that thinking just about the amazement of, um, how, I remember saying how he liked, how Shelton Benjamin likely Fell, he was probably protected by Christian when they they probably landed in the perfect spot together, but they put the camera in the perfect position to make it look like he landed on the mats where it's hard. I remember being amazed at how he landed perfectly against Christian instead of Christian me- missing the spot, he was right on time. When you see the replay, you can see when they landed, the only thing that hit the mats were their legs. Or that's the only part that of Shelton's body that hit the legs. Okay, what I want to talk about first off is um, Josh Matthews was still doing either commentary or behind the scenes. Or doing interviews in the back. I want to talk about that. Because they asked. They asked Drew McIntyre. How he felt about winning the Intercontinental title. And. Promo. I mean that's what I started calling it. And I realized how important it is. When you're looking at. Either at old shows. Or when you're looking back at. Um, at either. Matches. Or that have happened already. Or you look back at the promos to set up the matches. Or the interviews slash promos. That you're used to set up the matches. It's important. Look at those to see how it could have helped or hurt the storyline. 
Okay. This I will put the audio the audio on for. Man you could see how young he was at this time. Champion. We'll send you now back to ringside. I have to be honest. What Drew McIntyre said was true. It's true at that time. It was inevitable because Mr. McMahon does not call it does not go out of his way to call somebody the quote chosen one on national TV. Unless he sees something in you. But I think, looking back at this, the biggest mistake they made with McIntyre was, after winning this belt, no less, is um, they never did an interpromotional match between these two. And I think that really could have helped him more. So that's what I have to say about that. I'm really looking forward to the rest of this show. By the way, I'm recording this on Christmas Eve, so I want to tell everybody Merry Christmas. And um, the next match that's interesting is Mickey James versus Michelle McCool for the Women's Championship. And I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised looking at this that. That this was not a gimmick match, just a regular uh, match for the um, the championship. Started to poke what I call innocent fun, but Mickey uh, turned on the waterworks. 
Childish. I can't even look at this. Jumps out of the ring right away. Say what you will about Michelle McCool's ability. By the way, she may have been having a knee problem this whole time. So, but knowing the, knowing the business well enough to where all she had to do was get out the ring like that, it it was perfect for the story. So she's one. Of, she was one of the best. Lock up. Michelle's actually in the corner. That's, I think that's the part. Once again, when you're a villain, when you're a hill, you're supposed to go in the corners. It could make it easier for you to draw the referee in between you, so you can break the rules against your opponent. It's buffering, so it's gonna take a little longer. This is what they should have done earlier. She should have took a cheap shot at Mickey James' mistake. Jackknife cover by Mickey James. Tripped her so can cover again. Kick out at one this time. Waste lock into a roll up by Mickey James. Two. Kick out. She even did the bridge. Like, uh, I forgot who it was, but Dad showed me a couple of months ago. This man from the, this wrestler from the 80s who used to win all the time at that. Now, Nikki was going to try to go for a crucifix pin. I should like go over a roll up or something, but. Ooh, good thing she backed up into the, into the corner with Nikki James back. Could have ruined, uh. Could have looked too, um. 
planned. But today, that's one of the biggest problems that people don't realize when what they're about to do looks to quote fake and not um it doesn't look it doesn't look anywhere close to be a real fight so that's a, that's what makes this such a good match that mayor take down baby michelle mccool knee into the back Ooh, a couple of them as a matter of fact cover kick out Okay. This was around the first time, by the way. Mickey James and elbow out of the so she could stand up. Michelle jumps up and down on top of her to keep her down. Kicks um, Mickey right where the ribs are at. Keep her on the mat. So the big part of this uh, storyline was. Uh, Around the time they started the uh, Be a Star, um, I'm not sure what to call that, but a lot of it is BS. I mean, you'll let a man, you'll let um, throws her into the ropes, gets comes back to Mickey with the f forearm a couple of times, and. Comes with, uh, was going for head scissors, but gets countered with a backbreaker. Cover. Two. Kick out. Her shoulder up. So, why is B a star? Show tolerance and respect. So, uh, don't have so much BS in it. Because you can let a man like Perez Hilton, who, who was bullying, um, Allie Landry for saying that she could not saying something against same-sex marriage, you'll let him take part in that because she won't, because he's homosexual, but you're trying to tell people show tolerance and respect. But homosexuals are not supposed to have tolerance and respect for us. That's why I say it's a BS. They're not, unless people are bullying gays and lesbians and transgenders, then we don't, we're not supposed to be, we're not, we should not be fussed at. If all we're doing is saying, I love you, but I can't accept what you're doing, that's not bullying. Outside, Mickey James gets the upper hand. With uh, moving out of the way when Michelle McCool hit her knee against the uh, barricade, she ended up doing a Luthes press on the outside. So Luthes press in the ring. Interesting 
Drop kick knocks her down. Knocks the leg to kick out. Drill her up. So what's interesting is um that people use the Luthes press all the time because it's the most popular maneuver. Interesting that outside of Luthes, who invented it as a finisher, by the way, nobody uses it to win like he used to. And when you see him do it, the technique he did was so was so perfect. It was like, of course he won with it. He, he wouldn't just jump on them to hit them. He jumped with the technique he used. Ayla gets up there to pinch Mickey off the top rope. Mickey jumps off the top rope and then kicks her in the, in the midsection. Michelle McCool kicks Layla by mistake. Roll up to kick out by Michelle McCool. Kick to Mickey James. One, two, three. Huh. This was a great match. This was great storytelling. And the reason that finish was so believable was because it looked like it literally knocked out Mickey James. I realize that a lot of people are probably going to be upset with what I said. But the truth of the matter is, is that I have had it, I am fed up with political correctness. So I'm going to say right here and now. When a man can't, when a man like Jackson Riker can't even share his support of the President of the United States, there's trouble. He was not promoting a character. He was just saying how thankful he is to have a president like we had. And still, I believe, he's still our president. So that's, so, I upset y'all, get over it. Because I'm fed up with political correctness. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I think uh, over 15,000 fans were here to watch this. The next match, I believe, is that tables match for the WWE title, which Sheamus mentioned about... Could have been about six minutes ago. If I'm... If I'm not mistaken about the um the amount of time that match took. Most matches most women's matches took about six minutes to complete in those days to finish in from start to finish and so to take up long with that and how it was literally two minutes before the match started when he when he mentioned he was gonna walk out there with gold. That that's uh, interesting how they showed him so early and he was 
and he only had an hour to go or 15 minutes to go before he was supposed to challenge. And they even show how he won the right to face him. They show in the build-up to this match, show how you Cena was looking at Ventura, because Ventura fussing about how he has the perfect look, and that's why he has he's had all these title reigns. And Ventura even mentioned how he remember this because I thought mm, that's interesting. What he did was he said that um. I didn't forget my train of thought. I just realized that I couldn't press pause because they because it, it was highlighted. The color red was highlighted on the next match uh, option. So he said, "What I had remembered was he said to." Um, Ventura said to Cena that there were a hundred times when, or several times, when he could not win, when he could not get a title reign, title shot, because of the look he had was not the right one. So to say, so he used that time, he was supposed to be promoting his TV show, Conspiracy Theory. He took the time to say it was a conspiracy um, in favor of Cena instead of against him. They even showed how he got physical with Mark Cuban. To help set up the uh, the match, but actually, what happened was he pushed Cena into Cuban and he kicked Cena a couple of times. Then they show Cuban get up. We need Cuban. Just need him in the gut. They picked him up and put him right straight. Put him right straight through the table. Ooh, that was set up in the corner.
I think it was some type of magazine that Jerry Lawler was reading, and it's an Irish magazine that they wrote about Seamus here. Hmm. Irish voice to be exact. Now, there is a lot I could, um, I could say or suggest, but the for the matters that made John Cena famous, whether we like or dislike him, is, is how he, um, handles things. Like, he always had a smart mouth. Be honest with you, it's so much of a smart mouth. I'm not. Su I'm surprised people never tried to call. Not tried to compare him to somebody like The Rock or somebody like Steve Austin. Because even though he spent um, most of his career being positive for the fans to uh, to act like that, also. He started out being, when he would rap, he was very, uh, much of a smart mouth, and he never, he did not, he was not careful with the words he used, so, that's why, uh, of course you can't really compare anybody to The Rock, but that attitude is really what I'm talking about. When I take a look at this type of match, whether it's ladder, tables, or chairs, or whatever it might be called. Um, this is, I think of, um, old school wrestlers and old school promoters like Cowboy Bill Watts that, um, his views, because this probably was taught to him, was how the psychology of the match, how can you, what kind of story are you telling 
in this um, type of a match. What are you telling? What story you're giving the fans? And how do you know you're doing it the right way when you, when all it takes is going through a table to win? And really, to be honest with you, there are very few, like, very few wrestlers today that are good with psychology. Um, like the like the reason people say so much that John Cena is not good, they. It's not how many moves he uses that makes the difference anytime you see him. It's the fact that he's never on he's never really on time. There's a lot of times when he's too um I kind of say this in a way that might make sense. It's too many times when he needs to do it like a minute or two earlier and he doesn't so that's what makes it um so if you look at it in that in that way it's easy to understand why people were so critical of him um i did i do believe i said that i do believe I said this before, but I just want to make a point. Um, one of the hardest things to do, and I'm telling you this from experience because I've, because I've acted in plays, so I know how hard it is to remember lines. So when he went against Reigns and he flat out, not only did he top down to Reigns, but he pissed him off and he, uh, Reigns just told him exactly what he felt and just, I have to be honest, people want to say that Cena was right. No, no, no. Reigns was right about Cena. Just because... You can say just anything and people believe it does not mean you really feel that way. And what I took from that was that he forgot how hard it was to break through for him. So you would think that he would have mercy being that people, people, all people would do is boo, boo him and reigns. He went from getting cheered to getting booed. You would think you would have mercy for so. That is, that's what I. That's why I stopped liking Cena, was because he had he had zero mercy. Now yeah, you could say he pushed. You could say he was trying to make him better, but the way, but there's ways of going about it that are, could be better, and it's the attitude that bothered me.
it's very because this I can tell you as a fan just watching this match unfold. A lot of great movements, but because the the object is putting your opponent through a table, there's no. It's when you are have a hard time telling a story in a regular match. When you have a specialty match like this used to just um, sell a pay-per-view, because that's that's part of the names of the pay-per-view, it makes it really difficult to know how to to know how to talk about this match. Now what I will say is they didn't really do a whole lot of high spots yet but the little bit they did was enough to give Mark to give us to give Seamus a red mark whereas right pectoral muscle is. And it, yeah they call it an abrasion. <clears throat> now Seamus um <clears throat> excuse me I clear my throat a lot because I feel like I need to feel like I have gravel in my vo in my throat a lot now we talk about how hard it is well what just this spot right here I have to give Seamus um if okay I shouldn't really say your shame. Let me restate that. I have to give um, whoever came up with this um, the match piece by piece. I have to give them credit for this because that is a perfect heel tactic that Sheamus used. You run in the ring just so just so you can trap your your opponent. It's perfect. And what I don't like about what I don't like is when Vince doesn't promote how long people have been in the business. So they, so they, so based on that, that's why people are maybe not underrated, but they're underappreciated because the make because for fans who may not read internet. Um, May not read the internet dirt sheets, may not know that Seamus has been had been in the ring for about five or six years, I think. So that's what I don't like when I look back at this. I was one of those fans that didn't know that Seamus had been rustling in in Ireland for years. I was one of them. So reading from uh from Jim Ross's blog at the time, I think it was a blog or finding out from his blog that Seamus had been in the business for a long time before he came to the WWE and it was after this pay per view that he said that that's why I couldn't believe that. I was like, I believe they never disclosed that on TV.
So yeah, that's one thing I don't like about that. One of the most ridiculous things they did, even though it's interesting to look at, you being able to take steps apart from the ring, I feel like that was a big time mistake because it, it overexposes everything. So it goes from telling a story to be like, are you, are, are you going to tell a story with that? How are you going to make people believe that what you're doing is believable when you take still steps apart from the ring, apart from the ring and start using them? Oh, when I was growing up, steps were used in the front, in the centerpiece of the ring for people to enter in. And anytime people fell out of the ring, they never th once thought of using their still steps as a weapon. So I so what I think was a bit the biggest mistake is when they started having step allowing steps to be used or pulled away from the ring. Sometimes it can sell. Sometimes you can use steps to. Uh, to tell a story, but that's only when you have two behemoths, so to speak, throwing them around just to challenge the other to see how strong they are. But don't but using it as a weapon doesn't always tell a story. But when you have a match like this, the most storytelling you can do is when they start hitting each other and you start doing maneuvers on the uh, still steps. This, that kind of storytelling is easier to do and it's easier to, ex to explain. The storytelling is simple. When you want, when you want to win so bad that you'll do anything to to win, that's that's why you start, that's why you start doing simple maneuvers. And to be honest, I don't think a lot of people, including myself, even knew what John Cena was really capable of because he, he and. Let me just use an example of how when you have the per right opponent to work with, it always makes the biggest difference. Well, when John Cena won his first ever title, first ever world title was against John Bradshaw Layfield, and Judge. Jim Ross said himself that the reason that was perfect was because he's not catch-as-catch-can, just like John Cena isn't. John Cena would refine it and refine it until it got to the point where you knew what to expect. So this type of... Um, type of... 
maneuver these types of maneuvers in the front and the entrance ramp it told the story it also showed us that we really are not aware we really were never really aware of how much John Cena knew and if I could use Roman Reigns again for an example I don't think really anybody really knew what to expect from Reigns and even though a lot of people hate Reigns being in this position just because they don't want him in the main event I think they I think they even though they may not want to I think they may even have to admit that he's doing more than they thought he could do also oh he's got an abrasion um his skin is so uh almost pale that his abrasion on on his uh on his right labrum looks more like a rash than an abrasion Sets up that that table in the corner. Hmm. Well, Zena got out of that uh, attempt. To go straight through the table with Cena. He had the counter Sheamus's attempt. A few traditional with a few of his known maneuvers. Like he was going for an SDF, got pulled off, then he came back with those two um I'm just trying to remember what it was called. Oh yeah. Those uh, two shoulder blocks and that F, F U. No, not F U. I'm sorry. I'm not really sure what it's called. <laughs> and um, if I was to really explain. Storytelling. The more I think about it, and the more I watch this match go, longer it goes, the more I realize a tables match or a ladders match or a chairs match, but more tables and ladders in it. The the more you cannot keep somebody down, the better they get. That can be used against them. That's the psychology behind it. You want to give people the idea of this could ha this could end at any moment, and a better way to show that than to get than to get one of the fan to get one of the superstars so mad that all it takes is one misstep or one miscalculation to get them to lose.
I Okay, I never saw this pay-per-view by the way, so everything from the first part and then now It's my first time watching any of this, so and I think I may have said that so sorry for repeating myself but uh, what it what I am curious, what I'm interesting about this is, is that I think he, yeah, he has to actually reposition. He or Seamus is gonna reposition that table before, or get a new table and position it before the ma match is over. Okay. As I am, I think this may be when you guys push through the table, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's all it took. I, I didn't think they were close enough for, uh, for Cena to get, to go through. So that is where he won the title. It was a great match. Great storytelling. Pushed him far enough from, uh, first time pushed him far enough that he was able to make that mistake where all he had to do was just jump down instead of fighting with Seamus so that's why it worked all Seamus had to do is just push him through like I said one misstep one miscalculation that's all it takes and what I always like is when they sh when they show on the big screen new champion and they put their name underneath that I always like to see that I want to see how many uh, video, how many matches we have left. Uh, you have a TLC match, I think. No, no, just regular match between Batista and The Undertaker. You have backstage segment with Legacy Co and Kobe Kingston. Warning him about his match with Randy Orton. Then you have Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston. They have Batista being upset with Teddy Long. So, let's see. Hmm. I'll stop it right here. Thank you and goodbye. I hope y'all enjoyed this. Okay.